Hello and welcome to Afrolog. This here is a platform for informed debate and dialogue on African issues from a diaspora point of view. Today I have with me four beautiful and handsome people. Uh, first myself, I'm Oyin and I'm Nigerian. And we have over here Dami. My name is Dami. I'm Nigerian, but also British. Yep. And we have Bethena. Hi, my name is Bethena. I'm from Zanzibar. Tanzania. Oh. <laughs> and my name is Rashid, and yeah. I'm also Nigerian. Sorry, I just took that from you. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm also Nigerian. Yeah, great. And uh, today we're going to be going round. So there's four of us. So we'll have four different topics to discuss, and uh, we will individually lay out the topics, and then we'll have about seven to eight minutes to debate and have a discussion about the topics. And we hope you enjoy. Please do tweet, share, and sending questions or just engage with us on social media as much as possible. Thank you. And we are starting first with Bethena. Hi, so I wanted to discuss whether we as members of the diaspora actually have a right to discuss like African topics. Um, this kind of came from a tweet that I saw on Twitter. So I don't know how um, true this campaign is, but I saw that a man named Chike Ukayagbu is running for president in Nigeria and he's got a green card. So like born and raised in Nigeria. So I'm thinking... I mean, born and raised in America. So I'm thinking you've grown up, you've been to a Western institution and now you want to run back to Africa to save the day. I don't know. To me, even though it's not a white savior complex, it's still kind of along those lines because, um, you know, we've been brought up with like a Eurocentric kind of perspective. We've been raised here. What do we actually know of Africa? And even today here, we're discussing topics but really and truly, what do we know of it? You know, there is kind of like a discontent. But then again, on the other hand, like for me, I, I can only talk about Tanzania. That's all I know. Um, all of the elite kids, like the rich kids, they go to Western institutions anyway. Um, when they're in Tanzania, they're in all the hotspots, you know, the places with money. So they don't really know the actual goings on anyway. So what do they know about the local people? So maybe you know, members of the diaspora abroad do actually have a leg to stand on. They can go and they can not really save the day, but go and kind of sort the stuff out that the locals who are kind of, I don't know if it's, okay, this is how it is, so we're used to it. Mm -hmm. Maybe a fresh pair of eyes can fix that. I don't know. <laughs> um, just quickly, because you mentioned, his name is Chicky, and I think I did see that going around Twitter yeah. sometime last week. Uh I think I don't think he was born and raised in America, but he does have a green. But card. he does have a green yeah. card, and the only reason why I don't think he was born born in America is because of his accent. But mm. um, either way, I, I I feel like his approach, wanting to go back home and become president, yeah, is great. There's nothing absolutely wrong with that. Mm -hmm. One problem that I had with him doing his um, how would I say when he was declaring his manifesto and stuff yeah. during that. CNN interview yeah. was the fact that he had to highlight that he had a green card like okay is that supposed to be a selling point <laughs> is that what is going yeah. to help Nigerians come out of the poverty that they're in mm -hmm. um, and also one thing that um, I see a lot from older uh, Nigerians that they, that they speak about is the fact that like yes we want young people in government but we need to be realistic about the fact that this guy has been in America for so long mm. and hasn't 
okay, yeah, he said he's done so many different things for the continent, at least in Nigeria. Yeah. But in terms of engaging with local people at local government level, mm. what have you done? You don't just shoot for presidency like that without we seeing, okay. a, you know, the way you're... Exactly. Okay. So I think mm. it's a thing where, yes, we should definitely aim for those positions, mm. but how are we positioning ourselves first on a ground level before mm. we aim to the top because that's when people will recognize us more and mm. would want to vote for us so yeah sorry i get that but unfortunately we can't um deny the fact that a lot of people or a lot of um, nigerians in particular from the diaspora have this weird mentality that <clears throat> we are somehow we somehow have this sort of higher level mm. i don't know perspective on things that are going on like as if to say mm. people in nigeria don't have access to internet <laughs> or they can't learn the things that we learn as if yeah. to say, we're going to come in mm-hmm. with this and the, the, the term the phrase that usually use is um because we have experience from the west we're going to go in. and the thing is the things that happen that work in the west wouldn't not all of them are suitable for back yeah. home yeah. and that's what, something that people definitely need to understand so they don't always work yeah but then again isn't that a point in itself the fact that as you just said the things that don't work there like you know for me for example in Zanzibar there's a lot of like bribery I won't like mm-hmm. it's one of the, you know when you read politics of the belly and it's just like um we're known to because we didn't have it to grab it whilst we have it whereas yeah. here it's like that funding or you know you need to allocate this to that project like you don't take it and put it in your pocket kind of thing so maybe that fresh perspective or that fresh outlook and the things that weren't necessarily being done will make things better i I hate to say like that and it sounds brutal but Mm -hmm. that's just one point no do i mean i think it's all interesting i actually agree a lot with what oyan just said i think i don't have an issue with people who want to come back to home countries and and make a difference and make a change However, is running for president the only way mm-hmm. or the best way you can contribute to the country? Yeah. Right? What's so your think, yeah. So I think it's a good point. I think there are other things that you can do. I mean, I think sometimes, yes, we'd like to see, depending on who it is, there are people who would be good to run for president. But I don't think that's the first thing that you should necessarily try and look to do. So I think that is something that we should be looking at and maybe... Uh, presidents and 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 governments of african countries should be looking at ways specific ways in mm-hmm. which they can engage the diaspora for people who want to come back and bring those talents there yeah definitely mm-hmm. and j- just off that point um there's a yoruba proverb and i'm gonna try and translate it but in yoruba it says <laughs> which basically means the ant or the insect that's killing the plant or yeah. leaf in this it starts from the bottom yeah. to the top and so that's the approach i think we need mm. to take into african leadership when we start at grassroots levels then we infiltrate slowly and slowly till we get to the top because african um the revolution that we need in africa yeah it would be great to have the kind of revolutions that have happened in the west and Mm. stuff but fam do we really want that amount of bloodshed do we really want that amount of displacement and things like that that we don't even have the capacity to deal with at all in any shape or form so why don't we just Take the initiative to start from the bottom level. Contest for local government um, position. Contest mm. for j- just little c- positions mm. within the community. Just com- as a community leader, it mm. starts from there rather than just shooting for the top with no with no know. public support. I don't like, understand what kind of chest you will have to kind of say you want to go for president. Like mm. the, I the things, the people that are surrounding you alone yeah. won't make it easy for you because there's certain people within 
certain governments that mm. they get chicken change from certain things yeah. as well. So you want to come, say for example, you want to come and say, oh yeah, or the money that's supposed to go to light, you know, to do light in Nigeria, for example. Yes, it's going to go there. But there's mm-hmm. people who make stupid amount of money from selling generator, for example. Yep. Guy, you, if you really want to live, there's certain things, certain steps you have to take, or there's certain people, certain influence you have to have before you even get that. You can't just come from here mm-hmm. and think you're gonna have that sort of influence. It takes time. I don't know. Maybe I'm like really old school, but I just really feel like we need to round them all up, like literally from the top, all of the local heads, mm-hmm. and like we just need everyone to go. You I'm want sorry. like a Rollins type top situation? Yes, because it's just like it will be difficult to do all that in this- today's era of human rights and everything it will be very no, I'm not very saying bloodshed. tough don't get me wrong i'm, <laughs> <saying> <laughs> I'm not calling for like the revolution will be televised let's roll up in that no but i'm just saying yeah how many times are we going to read articles of africa's rising africa's this, mm, africa's yeah. that come yeah. on man all these leaders at the top what are they doing apart from flying out not sending for you like yeah no, but already, how many times yeah has your man come here to seek hospital help like yeah from time you're telling us that you don't even want to go to the local hospital. Yep. You don't even want to go to the local uni. What are you telling the rest of the country? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like we've got brain flight. We need to reverse that. Mm. I'm not saying that everyone that studied here, okay, let's take our useless degrees and go back. But I'm just saying like, we need that kind of reversal and we need all those men at the top to just stand down because you're all old and you're all greedy. Sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> it's true, but like it's difficult to do that because I mean, they they've got, they have support Mm. and that is the truth as a young person in politics you need support and even if you don't have the support of the political elite then you should be targeting the support of the masses can Mm. i can i just come on in on that point there so given that we say that we look at younger people what does everybody think of the other candidates there are a couple of other younger guys running for Duro Toye and Omoyele Shurowe. I don't know um, that one. He's the founder of Sahara Reporters. Okay. Um, which is kind of like a guerrilla news reporting organization mm. that won't follow the party line and, you know, get there and expose these guys, mm-hmm. you know. So you know what kind of guy he is. So we have these kind of younger guys and Duro Toye is a, um, a motivational speaker and, mm-hmm. and, and so on. So what do we think of those guys who are from non-traditional political backgrounds running for president as well um i don't know i I think i think the same thing stands the same thing that we've been saying since still continues i guess if they've been you know doing stuff within the political realm or within the grassroots then yes they should you know move forward in their career but if they haven't been doing anything they don't have any traction they don't have any understanding of the concrete baseline issues of the country then i don't really think they should it goes back to what Bethena was saying about us pe- people. And unfortunately, Nigerians like to call people who studied in Nigeria homegrown. <laughs> uh, which is very, very... It's, 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 it's a superiority complex thing that is very problematic. Okay. And um, for those of us who have schooled abroad, like mm. you were saying, we almost developed this white savior complex, so to say, to want to go home and transform things. People like... Fela Toye or Tai or whatever. I, I think, I, I don't know, I might be wrong, but I think he schooled abroad mm. or something. I don't know. But e- either way, in that in that sort of situation, he's part of the elite. Yeah. He Either way, he's part of the elite. Mm. Whether or not he's schooled abroad, he's part of the, the elite. And so he hasn't engaged with the people. And so if you're not going to engage with the people on their level, you can't come with your 
elitist knowledge and think you're just going to infiltrate and it will work. People will look at you like, who do you think you are? So you think you're better than us mm -hmm. all of a sudden because you have this status, this education or what? Yeah, so you've got um, a person who's grown up in Nigeria. You know, they've come to the UK to kind of get the best knowledge that mm -hmm. they can mm -hmm. to take it back to their country. Is that not, in my opinion, is that not, you know, moving forward, is that not progressive? Because you but want why, to get the best. But why is the word progression, yeah, correlated with like England? Like, why is there always that correlation? But if like, you're saying that England's education is superior to that of Nigeria, the system, then you are trying to acquire the best, you know, amount of knowledge to be able to benefit the country. into actually a topic that would feed right into this like okay. education versus enlightenment mm. which is a thing where a lot of us like that are schooled abroad we believe we're not just educated we we are quite enlightened to an extent and um we need to realize that enlightenment can come from different spheres of the world it can mm. come from the north and it can come from the south and it's a thing of a lot of times as Africans, we're not looking for African enlightenment. We're seeking Western enlightenment, Western knowledge, Western way of doing things. Mm. And that's problematic. We don't take the time to think what is the African solution to the African problem. So we come from our schools and the imperial colleges and the Harvards and everywhere. And we think, yeah, we, we understand the philosophy of this life. But actually, how far have you engaged with African philosophy, have African history? African ways of life for you to say that yeah my education is going to be relevant to this to the problems on the ground in Africa it's a heavy one I don't know how to answer that I don't know I feel like I mean you definitely need a mixture of you know experience on ground mm. and being there that's that's undeniable you literally have to kind of be in the field to actually understand what's going on as I said before but if you don't have that, then I don't I don't know what you're really doing, mm. really. You've been educated here, you've grown up here. What do you really have to kind of take back home? You're better off kind of serving, I mean, doing stuff in this country or the country in which you've grown up than trying to adjust it for back home, I'm not sure. I think it also goes back to like language and rhetoric. Like, I don't know, like in Tanzania, a lot of the times, yeah, like being smart is kind of brought back to, you know, your knowledge and your grasp of English and, you know, your accent. And also like when we've got like our leaders, okay, I know that there is a mixture of different languages and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But when you see press releases where our leader or, you know, a local tycoon or whoever is releasing this in English, it kind of makes you think, you know, why do we always see that as like the end goal, like the be all and end all? And mm -hmm. yeah, we're moving forward, we're progressing because, you know, we know this in English and we can do that. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that will always hold us back. Language. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I rated Nyerere and Kenyatta because they were literally like, we don't want the white man's tongue here. Like, you know, mm -hmm. let's speak Swahili and let's move forward. Okay, yeah, he had his whole communism thing, but like, let's move forward us together, not with these guys. Yeah. Not always trying to reach their goals. And I, do, I just think we'll always be held back unless we remove this mentality. Because mm -hmm. we were once the hub of yeah. like knowledge and, and religion and civilization. Yeah. We taught them how to bath, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but now, now nothing can be done without a proper accent. Like what is a proper mm. accent? What do you mean? Yeah. Mm. And it's classist and it's a bit racist. It I'm is, sorry. Yeah. yeah, the gold standard has definitely been shift elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we have to 
I think I think we're right. I think we have to accept that knowledge comes from different places. Mm. Um, and a lot of the times in the UK, we're taught about kind of Western-based philosophy, for example. Mm. Um, when there's philosophy from other parts of the world, mm. and because it's philosophy, we can then have that debate about which ones we want to relate to. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and I think something that, in terms of philosophy, actually, which I haven't noticed until quite recently is that we don't often think about African philosophy. Right? Yep. Yeah. So yep. for example, we think about Western philosophy, like mm -hmm. Europeans, you know, Sartre, the Kant and whoever. And then we think about the Eastern yep. um, kind of traditions, the um, Confucius stuff, right? But I, I, the, the African philosophy is something that's kind of missing, I think, a lot from the discourse, right? Yeah. And I think, I think the reason for it is, is that a lot of our would-be philosophical thinking is kind of directed into theolo theology and, mm. and religious thinking, right? Mm. So I think that's something that's interesting. So I'd like to hear about some like African-based philosophers and, and so on. I think some of us were talking about um, Wale Shoinka earlier mm. um, and, and, and guys like that. But yeah, I think we need to accept the, the pluralism of, yeah. of, of, of knowledge and, and, and put things into context. I can't remember who said it, but someone used, when you just said pluralism of knowledge, I think it on oh, Walter Mignolo. I think he was the one that said something about pluriversality of knowledge okay. and how it's so important to realize that we we can't just live in a world where one knowledge is superior mm -hmm. because ultimately then we will use that knowledge to like oppress other people and that is essentially what colo colonialism did they mm. had their knowledge they had their philosophies and they said you know what we're superior because us our philosophy is superior and then they yeah. used it to oppress people because they didn't want to learn about any other person's knowledge to see how they could interrelate and even form something even bigger than us um also in terms of like education versus enlightenment i've i find that a lot of the reasons why we we don't have a lot of familiarity with African philosophy is because Africans are focused on reproducing laborers and not thinkers. We're focused on becoming okay. consumers okay. rather than people who are creating, people who are producing. And don't get me wrong, this is not a generalization. Of course, there are Africans out there thinking and creating. Yeah. But in terms of the masses, like, for example, you go into Nigeria and the re and, and politicians will know that when it comes to election time, all they need to do is give somebody a bag of rice and da 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 <laughs> for them to That's be able magic. to garner the votes because they know that those people are not able to think beyond their capacity and ability to feed. Yeah. And that's it. Once people are once you've put people in a position where all they care about is what's going into their stomach, mm. you can literally tell them that slavery is good and they will just roll with it because they, they just are not thinking mm -hmm. critically about what you're throwing at them. And like, I'm not an economist or anything, but like, you know how you said there's African philosophy. What about like our economic model? Like we're so busy trying to emulate okay. other countries. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Capitalism hasn't worked for us. You know, Tanzania, we tried to do the socialist thing. It didn't really work <laughs> for us either. Like we need to know what's good for Africans. Like, yeah. and okay. why do we import so much? Like, yeah. I don't really know about import export yet, but we have resources that other countries are vying for. Yeah. Why are we importing so much nonsense? Yeah. I it, don't understand. It's, 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 it's an it's almost endemic in African society to just want what is from abroad. Nah, it was my, we like, value things that are not yeah. African made. You know how you guys have kentes? Yeah, we have kangas. So I that's Ghana. Actually, the, yeah. oh, no, no, sorry. 
Yeah, guys. You're gonna offend us. You're gonna offend us. I didn't want to take. I didn't want to take the glory. I didn't want to take the glory. Then is it Ankara now? Ankara, yeah, yeah. So we have kangas, yeah. And do you know the Chinese bring them and sell them in the markets? Yeah, that's the same thing they do. That was mad. I never. Ankara is imported from. Is it Denmark? Oh, what? I'm not lying. At least ours is Chinese. At least ours is Chinese. I'm not lying to you. Nah, you man are paying for Denmark. They import Ankara from the West. That's wild. That's ridiculous. And then the Chinese do the knockoffs. Wow. I can't remember the name of the brand, but I I was at a fashion show in a co-hotel a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was celebrating... So I didn't know you then. Sorry, we all need invites. We all need invites to that. It's got to a point where it's almost rude. Like we're not idiots as a Thank people, you. as a nation. We are not idiots. Like mm. we just need to, like as you said, be a lot more enlightened and take charge and think outside the box, create for ourselves yeah. as well as creating for others to then buy from us. Yes, definitely, hundred percent. Definitely. I think we need to do a lot more. Parents need to really stop telling your kids to just go and study engineering. And that's the end all and be all because you're going to be engineering the freaking ships that the Royal Navy is using. <laughs> like, you know, I, I feel like we need to encourage younger generations to go for to go for more um, um areas of studies like anthropology and history and and things like that because at the end of the day in today's day and age yeah your degree doesn't determine your career you can study english english and you can end up in financial services but it's still giving you the ability to think critically and that's what people need to be doing So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so for a third topic, I want to talk about sports. I want to talk about the World Cup, which has just ended. And I want to talk about the performance of African teams in the World Cup. Oh, yeah. So this is the first time since 1986 that no African team has made it out of the group stages. Um, and there were five kind of African teams representing uh, Africa this time. Tunisia, Nigeria, Senegal, Morocco, and... I don't know, you know. What was the last one? <laughs> uh, Egypt, Mohamed Salah, yeah. Uh, so, um, so there was good representation out mm. of African teams at the World Cup, and yet people didn't do so well. Senegal could have gone through on on uh, on points, but they didn't because of a head to head record. So, I just wanted to talk about that as well as the fact that um, France won. Congratulations to France. And there's been this kind of discussion about France and the number of African heritage players on the French team. Um, And, you know, the young star Kylian Mbappe um, of African heritage and obviously Paul Pogba as well. Um, So I just just thought that it'd be interesting to discuss that and see um, where we can go with that. Personally, I feel that there's an institutional problem which surrounds investment and um, and and training for sport, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, well, Dami, why are you just talking about sport? But this is important because this is a representation of your representation mm. of your country on the national stage, 100%. right? Um, I think the first World Cup to be held in Africa was South Africa 2010, and I'll still never forget that moment that Shabalala scored that goal, the first goal of the World Cup against. I think they were playing Russia in the first game. Um, and 
and, and it ends up, you know, going 1-1. But it was a special moment for South Africa. South Africa had a lot of problems in terms of, you know, they had to knock down some um, some poor districts, you know, to kind of to build stadiums and, and roads, etc. But what do you guys think about um, Africa's relationship with sport and in particular football? How long do you think it, it will be before an African country can hold an, another World Cup? And is that even a good thing um, <clears throat> For us to to actually aspire to, to. Mm. I don't know. Like personally, I'm not like a. I wouldn't say I'm a football guy like that. To be honest, um, but in regards to the sport itself, generally, I mean, economically, yes, it would for every country, almost every country, it would be good to be able to host a World Cup just based on the import. And especially, if, obviously, I'm Nigerian, so I'm speaking in regards to Nigeria, a place in like Abuja, for example, that's you know more up and coming. For example, mm. I think it would be good financially. But in regards to the actual talent on the pitch. I don't know what the training schemes are like. I don't know who manages them. I don't know if there's a, you know, homegrown manager or if it was someone, you know, that's been, you know, brought in. Mm-hmm. Don't know what experience they have. Do you get it? I feel like all those things in regards to the coach itself and the investment in finding a good coach would obviously contribute, but I don't know what. I don't think it's just that. I think it's also the incentives that you give to the players. Mm. Because okay. I think Nigerian players that sometimes they, they, they travel for tournaments and... And they're not provided with what they need, really. And that essentially will kill your morale to really want to represent your country. I mean, moving away from football, there were the girls who had to go fund me to be able to do the, um, is it? Olympics. What was bobsled? The the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, and these girls were not even Nigerian based. They were Nigerian Americans. Uh. So they self-funded themselves because yeah. the Nigerian government, you tell them that you want to go and do bobsled, bobsled in the Winter Olympics that they will look at you like, Yeah, but that's, that's the thing. I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. I mean, we can agree about the efficiency of government, but why do you need to do bobsled? Why not? The same way the English at cricket, yeah? We too can compete. But why that's, not? Cricket, I, why not? cricket is fine. You only need a field to do... Listen, I just no, think you should, you should accept that if you don't have snow in your country, there's no, there's no need to do a There's, there's, there's no snow here. There's no snow here. Why a little bit of snow and no whole... Listen, a little bit of snow and all the trains are broke up. By so the way, there is snow in Nigeria, in Joss, actually, because it's a very mountainous area. Tell him. <laughs> it's a very mountainous area, so they do get very chilly weathers up in the mountains and sometimes it snows. Okay. Yeah. And all the bobsledders are from Joss. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no. That's I don't like the way you do it. No, I'm just saying. Joss is in Nigeria. Exactly. And Nigerian. I mean, right. There's not snow in your country. I don't really know much about football yet, but there's one thing that I saw about, I think it was Mbappe or something like, his dad said he wanted to play for his for Cameroon, team. Yeah, yeah, but there was some kind they of... They had to pay. I don't even See, know why I'm speaking kind of on this when my about. country is MIA and everything, so I might just go home. <laughs> Call me when this World Cup thing is over. Like, it's over, babe. No, no this conversation. Oh, I'll come okay. back when this conversation is over, seen as my country is MIA. <laughs> no, but I think that, but that's the kind of issue, right? That's, that's yeah. the kind of problem. We have lots of, I think we'd be looking at a different situation if, if we had the kind of infrastructure mm. um, to to kind of support good players, yeah. you know, and they wouldn't all have to play for uh, France or yeah. the yeah. UK or, or wherever yeah. it was. I mean, the countries that constantly, you know, win or top in the World Cup, like what are the main differences between them and like African countries? I was asking if you know, like in regards to... I think it really is just investment. 
Yeah, I investment. mean, the, the, the Germans, they plan this thing. Like, you know what Germans, like they plan it 10 years ahead mm. and they have like a thing and the teams grow up together and they play together for 10 years before they start winning yeah. tournaments. It definitely is investment because if you don't invest in the sport, invest in the players, then really when it's time for a tournament, why do you expect them to just do a flipping hat trick out of nowhere like it's, mm. it's, it's, it's yeah however we missed that nigeria missed a stupid open goal in that match against oh Argentina. i didn't watch any of the stupid, matches <laughs> stupid stupid open goal um igalo mm. the goal was open and he missed it you know so what what are maybe we talking if they had invested better in his yeah training. <laughs> you know what yeah S- saying that though if they did say they were going to allocate a certain amount of fun towards football mm. I-, I don't know whether certain countries are I don't know if I is can speak it, on this. I'm in the position to invest that sort of money towards that when there's other things. Yeah. No, but then that's the thing. I, yeah, I yeah. disagree. You see Nigerians running for Ireland. You see Nigerians Absolutely. running for the UK. You see how much the UK and Ireland invest in those sports. And that is why those Nigerians, well, those British, Irish, Nigerians. French. Are, French are excelling <laughs> because they have the, the backing. Yeah, exactly. They have, and, and then at the end of the day, they they only recognize us and see us as them mm. when we excel for them. That's and right. that's the thing that Trevor Noah was saying that I resonate with on so many levels. You are only British when mm-hmm. you are excelling on uh, in, 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 in the Olympics, in whatever sport it is. Yeah. But then this woman, Ify, is it Ify or, or who? I can't remember her name, but she's of Nigerian heritage. She ran, or is it long jump? For Christina Hurgu. That's it. She did some sport. I think it was long jump. And she retired and I was on Twitter. And if you see the comments mm. about her being manly, yada, yada, yada. But when she's winning for the UK, hey, UK, she's great. She's amazing. She's British. But when she's not, then they remember that she's very muscly and she's of black mm. heritage Honestly. or African heritage. And mm. it's problematic. We need to stop letting our talent go abroad, mm-hmm. basically. Like we need to invest more in our talents for us to be able to reap it. Reap the fruits. And is it is it fair to call the the French team an African team because of? The I think it's very fair because Trevor Noah said something. Why do you have to erase their Africanness yeah, for them to be French? Okay. Bear in mind, these French people, when they were col- colonial masters, they awarded citizenships to black people when they felt like they were French enough. Yeah, and it happened it happened recently with the Spider Man guy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's just rude. It's, just, yeah. it's rude. Oh, it's yeah. like it's like oh, you've attained a level of mm-hmm. of of, of Frenchness or yeah. of of, of humanity, mm-hmm. and so now we will call you French. We will call you British. We will call you whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 degrading. It's like what the heck? Mm. Absolutely tiring. Honestly, I I feel like as as a black people generally, like it's a shame of what we've gone through, the amount of things and the amount of disrespect that we've gone through generally mm-hmm. throughout time. And I just want to know, like, when will we finally kind of overcome and be able to like feel? I don't know what the word is, but yeah. Nah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> that, yeah, that we don't need the validation. Yeah, yeah, we yeah validation. We need to stop. Like we will, we will, we will stop being dependent on approval when we decide to take charge. When we decide to just do things for ourselves, mm. I think. Oh, basically.
based off that, um, I mean, been reading quite a lot in regards to um, China's um, China's uh, infiltration within Africa. I mean, infiltration. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! No, honestly, I mean, they've put in, pumped in a lot of money, and obviously, there's a lot of like infrastructure that's been, you know, put up. Um, there, there's like something called the Silk Road, and they're trying to mm. expand it and make it easier for like um, transport and and things along those lines. And as well, with me personally, I feel like there's plenty of good within it, but I also I'm a bit skeptical about it. And I just kind of wanted to explore, you know, whether it's actually a good thing that, you know, China are in Africa, you know, loaning money that they know they're probably not going to get back. And then using that loan as a means to kind of acquire, you know, projects or, you know, pieces of land to kind of further expand their... Their base. Yeah. I find it, did you I don't know. that they have a military base now? Yeah, I did. Can you imagine? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well. They're literally trying to control that whole... Mm. But it's... to be fair, if the US have secret bases, why are we crying that um, Africa, China have um, military bases? How many African countries have ba- military bases in other in other places? Uh, How many? Like, can, like, can we just count them? Mm. We need to chat to our leaders. Like, I know I keep gunning for the leaders and someone's going to be going to tap why on my phone and why on my Twitter account. Yeah, But literally, I would be cool with China being in Africa if I had faith that our leaders would negotiate for us. Yeah. We'd have like high... No, I'm not saying that we should have high tariffs, but like... Come on, man. Scratch my back. I scratch yours. But exactly. they're just like handing out land, as you said. Mm. For money. But I also want to know what's going on in regards to like training. So based on when I was in Nigeria last time, this is not based on what I've read. This is just based on communication Experience. with um, locals. Apparently they have a lot of like Chinese workers mm-hmm. coming into mm-hmm. Nigeria, building a bridge, for example, or Africa, building a bridge, for example, and then going back. Mm-hmm. So there's no training for the local people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If they if anything happens with the bridge, you have to call up China yep. to come exactly. and come and help you. It's that a makes dependency no culture. Sense. No, but then don't say that because they stipulated in the contracts we're going to bring this amount of people. Why didn't like local like elected officials? Because yeah. as a businessman, I'm looking out for me. I'm looking out for my pocket. I'm looking out for my country. Your leader should do the same. Step yeah. up to the plate. If the contract stipulates this many people should come over. We should negotiate against that. I don't know, man. No, I totally agree. And it's also a thing where um, I was listening to a news um, report or something yesterday about how, okay, fair enough. If China is a force for good in Africa, why is it that they're only coming for our raw materials? How about going to education or going to other areas that can help with the development of Africa? But no, they're literally just focused on extracting. And in that way, I just feel like, how then is that fair? How then is that putting African countries on equal footings in these trade agreements? Like, it does not make any sense if you're only after our extractive uh, uh, industry. I generally don't blame China, though, because if I Mm. see a Mugun over there, and I'm able to offer him something and take as much back. I'm going to. No, I agree. I'm a business as a business. Like yeah, I, I mean, know. regardless of the fact that it's a country, as a business, if you if I can bump you, I'll bump you. Literally, yeah. if you allow me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, was I was in a meeting with a mentor, and she was speaking to. She had these two guys. I think they were from Ghana, and they were talking about how they're into like international trade and whatever. And um, they were talking about how you'll be in a meeting. 
right? And you see African leaders, they come in and they come in dressed like they've got the money. But really, they're the ones that are coming to ask for the money. <laughs> and they're the ones that after the meetings, after, after the meetings, they will go to Oxford Street, Harrods and everything with their girlfriends to shop for their wives. Wow. It's like, it's crazy. Why do you have to <laughs> emphasize that one? No, but it's true, it's true. I was like, raw, like this is, is, you hear these things, yeah. but people that have actually seen it happen, it's like, raw, like it's actually true. Mm. Do you know what? I think I agree with Bethena. I think we need our political leaders to stand up for us more. Yeah. So if that's the case, and if there's a level of competency for them, I mean, some, we're talking about countries whose economic policy was created by their friend, you know, over a weekend somewhere. Do you know what I mean? So Mad. we need we need proper economic policy and yeah. that we can really look at some of these things. For example, I think we look at the situation and say, well, we get that we can either have kind of uh, Western powers come in and, and do these things or we can have the Chinese and they weigh it up and say, maybe the Chinese are a little bit better. So... I would suspect that that is what is is, is happening in in some cases, especially as the what was that term um, stadium diplomacy. Stadium diplomacy. Yeah. What, what was that about? Okay, so stadium diplomacy was um, rather than as Oyin said, going there and investing in like I don't know tech groups or whatever. Yeah, they'll just go and build a stadium, and it's like <laughs> you'll see some huge plaque. Yeah, some next <laughs> official will have his name on there, and then it'll be the Chinese person who did it in partnership with him. Yeah. But having said that, like recently, I can't really talk too much because in Tanzania they're opening up. I think an aeroport university or something to do with aerodynamics mm. and we've got the Tanzan railway. So like they're actually doing things. But Sorry, then where, again, where's that railway going to? Tanzania and Zambia. So it's like Tanzan. Okay. Tanzan, yeah. That's trendy. But then even then the contracts, yeah, it's like, you know, you can't recognize Taiwan. And then, oh my yeah, goodness. like it's like yeah. checkbook diplomacy. Okay. I'm giving you this money, but okay. you need to, like, it's like interest. You're backing me on the national, like, on an international level. Yeah. That we're not going to recognize Taiwan and things like that. When is the, and sorry, then, when is that the railway? Is it finished? Like, so Tanzara Railway was like back in the 60s or something like that when China first came. Yeah. But then now they're like, some renovations or something like I don't know, but there'll be more money coming into the east. I Tanzam Railway, everyone. That's a But this is maybe this and is they're opening our port anyway. as well. They're uh, making port, it bigger. Seaport. Yeah, we've got Bagamoya port. They're making it bigger. To ensure that Chinese goods can that, come yeah, exactly. to Africa yeah. much 100%. more easily. Yeah. It's like the same thing I, in India, yeah. Honestly, not even that, like, because Tanzania is big, yeah. Zanzibar, if you go to the airport, yeah. They're Chinese guys, like all in suits. Okay. You know they're coming here for one reason when yeah. they stepped off the airplane in a suit. Like they're going straight <laughs> to the meeting. This is, and then as you said, straight back to their country to bring their people back. Oh yeah. Maybe definitely. this is why we can't get anywhere in football because they're <laughs> they're building our stadiums. Oh yeah. Right. And then they got no, I'm not involved. managing I'm not involved people in this. managing. There was a thing about the 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 Chinese infiltrating the African Union mm. because essentially I think they built the new headquarters or something i might be wrong my facts might be off but i was reading that somewhere and i was thinking well what do you expect if they're building your your infrastructure then yeah. of course they will put things in there to give them further information about your political and economical engagements like what do we expect we need to get to a level where africa 
is shaping the type of projects that are coming into the continent. Mm. Exactly. They, they mm. literally come to us and say, this is what we want to do. And then we exactly. say, okay, mm. what are you going to give us? Rather than actually, this is what we would like exactly. you to do yeah. in exchange for X, Y, Z. It's basic negotiation. Yeah. Literally. Basic. And I want to kind of go back to what you said about education. Yeah. yeah. In terms of, okay, how do I say this? In the <laughs> nicest way possible. <laughs> Uh, no, the, every like time I in say schools and things, what, say what you need to say. No, because it's just so like politically. You say with chest is fine. Just, I mean, it's a safe space. Yeah, <laughs> safe space, but until it gets on the internet, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't want people gunning for me, man. I don't know. Okay, no, someone else say something, and I'll try and say it in a politically correct way. I think even the Chinese investing in our education is also problematic in itself because at the end of the day, if they're investing in our education, they're going to put in Chinese curriculum somewhere, shape or form in there or Chinese thinking or Chinese philosophy that will then somehow become more important than African way of thinking. What, what do we want? What do we want? Yeah, if we don't, if we're saying that, you know, it'll be problematic I, with them. We need to take, we need to take it, we need to grab yeah. our if, development if we, by point, the balls. Yeah. Mm. If we don't even have our own surveys, our own, like, all of the information that we have from China, yeah, comes from American institutions or US, like, UK institutions. One of the most famous scholars on China and Africa is Deborah Bortingham, some random US person. Like, until we can actually have our own rhetoric where we discuss matters, yeah, Mm. I don't think anything will happen. Mm. So thank you so, so much for tuning in today. And we hope that um, these conversations that we've started here can spark further conversations and spark movements if possible. Um, And just keep listening to us and please share and also send in your comments and your feedback. Thank you so much. This is Afrolog. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys.